Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Kamalafe, and it is my mission to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Now, with living costs continuing to rise, Money Hub on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their finances and improve their financial wellness. Money Hub provides a central space to see all your accounts and assets so you know exactly what's coming in and exactly what's going out. You can connect your current account credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans, all with ease, allowing you to have a clear view of all of your accounts within one platform. Once connected, Money Hub will help you learn to manage your money better with simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, pay off your debt, see how your investments are performing, and also set yourself personal spending goals. If you're a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations. And if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian, giving your credit score a boost. Money Hub has been named in the FinTech Power 50 Trailblazer cohort and has the widest range of connections available in the UK. To get started, download the app today and take advantage of a free six-month trial with no automatic renewal, which means you get to choose whether you want to continue or not after trial. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting your savings, or monitoring your investment. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. You can download today on the Apple Store or Google Play. There is a link in the show notes. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for joining me here. Today, I want to talk about Help to Buy. Um, Many of you may know that Help to Buy is coming to an end very shortly. And there are some key dates for you to know that I'm going to go through in this episode. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the schemes that are available to you if you are going to miss this help to buy deadline. Um, it is something that many of people are going to miss out on. I've had uh, a message on Instagram literally this evening uh, before recording this saying that they're in a position where help to buy is going to be gone by the time they get round to purchasing their first home. So hopefully some of these alternative schemes will be helpful for you on this podcast. So I had a week off, um, which is nice, um, getting away, uh, Switzerland, Stelvio Pass, we did Lake Como, Lake Garda. I feel very, very energized coming back. And this um, particular episode is because the week, the, the week before I went away, I actually did a talk for Barrett Holmes on this exact subject. So I thought it would be useful to have this conversation here on the podcast. And what I will try to do is for future episodes, maybe try and get someone from maybe a developers just to come on the show and actually walk you guys through what they're doing on the schemes that we'll talk a little bit about today. So if you are looking to purchase your first home and you were hanging your hopes on using the help to buy scheme, well, that is coming to an end fairly shortly. So there are three key dates that I want you to bear in mind. This is the first one. So 31st of October, 2022, deadline time is 6 p.m. This is when the the final deadline to reserve a home and submit a property information form um, to your agent has to be done by. So essentially, you've got to reserve your home and submit submit all the forms that go along with that by the 31st of October, 2022. 
So if you are hunting around for a house right now, you do have your deposit, you've got your stamp duty costs, you've got all the, the legal fees, you've got that covered, you actually have to reserve your home by the 31st of October. You'll be hearing this on the 26th of September, so there's a little over a month to do that, but obviously less when it comes to working days. The second date you need to know is the 31st of December 2022, again at 6 p.m. The home you're buying must be fully built and ready to live in. Really important piece of detail here. So I've had a, uh, a message on Instagram this evening saying that they were planning to purchase their home, um, but they got a call from the developer to say that the house isn't going to be done by the 31st of December. So what you have to do here is if you're a first time buyer is you're looking at existing inventory. You're looking at properties that are already there ready for you to go in opposed to buying something that perhaps needs a little bit of work. And if you are going to be doing that, you need to make sure that there is enough lead time and reasonable time for them to be able to complete the work so it's ready to live in. Now, the term ready to live in can have different definitions depending on what stage the build is at. Um, I don't have the legal or the actual technical terminology for that specifically. Again, I will try and bring in someone from one of the developers to actually talk about this a little bit more for future reference moving forward. But yeah, ready to live in as far as I'm aware is when it's watertight, as far as I'm aware, but I could be wrong. But that deadline is the 31st of December, 2022. The third day is sometime next year. It's the 31st of March, 2023. And again, it's 6 p.m. That's when you must have completed the purchase and now have moved into your new home. So really, really important with this one. 31st of March, 2023, by 6 p.m. that day, you must have completed the, 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 the purchase of the house and have moved in to that property for you to fully take advantage of the help to buy scheme. Now, with that all aside, let's just assume that these dates are going to be too tight for your timeline on this journey to become a property owner, to get on the property ladder. Well, there are some other schemes that are available to you. There's actually quite a few of them. I'm going to talk about one specifically um, on this episode of the podcast. And let's be honest, all of the developers are doing this. But like I said, I did a talk for Barrett's um, a couple of weeks ago before I went away. And they were talking about how they administer this scheme. So there's something called the deposit boost scheme. Now, essentially what that is, is you have to have a 10% deposit. And what that basically then entails is that the developer will then boost you by a further 5%. So that will take your total deposit up to 15%, which will give you a loan to value of 85% for the mortgage. Now let's spend a little bit of time talking about loan to values, because I'm aware that I've just used a, a technical term there. Now loan to value is essentially how much of a loan you're going to be taking out versus the value of your home. So let's just say, for example, to keep this very, very simple, that the, the property value that you want to go and purchase, so the price of the property you want to go and purchase is £100,000. If you have a 15% deposit, it means that you're taking out a mortgage for £85,000, which is 85%. 
So in simple terms, you will take the cost of your home minus your deposit, and that will give you your loan to value. And it's a very simple, straightforward example of £100,000 with a £15,000 deposit. That's an 85% loan to value. Now, why is this important? Well, loan to values are key when it comes to you accessing the mortgage rates ultimately with your lender. So general rule of thumb is this. If you buy a property and you have a high, light, high loan to value, so let's just say you've got a 95% loan to value or a 90% loan to value, the lenders essentially deem you to be a higher risk than someone who had a 15% or a 25% deposit because you're putting less in at the very, very beginning, which means that from their point of view, the risk of default from them on their side is higher and therefore they charge you a higher rate of interest. So this is where the deposit boost scheme can actually come in quite handy for you because if you do have that minimum 10% deposit and you're being boosted by a further 5%, which comes from the developer themselves, well, not only are you going to be able to have access to a lower loan to value and a better interest rate, but it's also going to have an impact on the mortgage repayment on a monthly basis. So I think it goes without saying that if you have a high loan to value, your monthly payments for the mortgage are going to be more expensive than if you had a lower loan to value with a better interest rate attached. And these are some of the considerations that you have to bear in mind if you're looking to purchase your first home. And I encourage people all the time that, you know, yes, it is exciting to think about buying your own property and it can be extremely stressful, but it's probably going to be one of the biggest purchases that you are ever going to make. And therefore, being sure of what you're doing and taking the time to be diligent in the calculations that you that are that are so important to you being able to afford this mortgage are paramount. So please don't skip. Please don't overextend yourself. And during my talk with Barrett, we talked a lot about the fact that in the Q&A session, there's a lot of uh, chatter about interest rates right now. And You've been around, obviously, through this year. We've seen seven interest rate rises since the beginning of this year, not to not including the one that we saw literally on Friday last week. So that's eight so far this year. And when the bank rate increases, mortgage rates increase. So when you're talking about that loan to value and how important that is to making sure that your monthly payments for your mortgage are affordable, it is extremely important that you're also keeping an eye on factors like inflation because with inflation the one of the the key things that the bank of england or or central banks are used to control inflation are interest rates and those have a direct impact on your mortgage rate and you know this is all about affordability making sure that when you're buying your first home that you are stress testing yourself so in other words if you had an 85% loan to value mortgage because you you had a 10% deposit you got this 5% booster from your developer making sure that you understand right so if your mortgage payments start out being something like you know uh 500 pounds a month that if after your fixed rate ends and interest rates have gone up and your payments go from 500 pounds to 700 pounds per month making sure that you can still afford that and trying to think about that at the get-go from the from the very very start of this process of trying to get on the property ladder 
it is really, 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 really important. So the deposit boost scheme is it's available and it is there. All of the developers are doing this. So if you are looking to purchase a home for the first time and you are worried about missing this help to buy uh, scheme, you don't need to fret. I think there's 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 sufficient help there available. Um, there are some other schemes which I will cover in a separate uh, podcast as well. But I think this is the one that really stuck out to me when I was when I was speaking and I was hearing other people speak about the help that is available to to first time buyers. I think it's also quite important to um, to touch on something that you guys will already be aware of, and that's the lifetime ISIS and how important that is in this equation right now. Because, you know, my session when I spoke with, at the Barrett's event was all about planning for your deposit, the practical things that you actually need to do. And I think for first time um, buyers who are looking to get on the property ladder, the Lifetime Meister is still a really, really big tool, an important tool in your war chest to help you get towards your deposit. So let's just recap what a Lifetime ISA is. It's designed for two purposes. Number one, to help first-time buyers get on the property ladder. Number two, to help people plan for retirement in the future. Those are the two primary reasons for that. Now with a Lifetime ISA, you are able to save £4,000 every single tax year towards a, a deposit for your house. And when you do that, the government will essentially pay 25% of whatever you pay it. If you pay the full £4,000 in, you'll get £1,000 from the government. And from a planning point of view, when it comes to your deposit, that is a massive boost. And particularly if you are in a couple where there's two of you buying together, well, all of a sudden you can times that 4,000 by two, that's 8,000 plus 2,000 from the government, that's 10,000 pounds. And I think this is really important to stress, and I stressed this when I spoke, a lot of the time, people, first time buyers are, they feel discouraged by the fact that the deposit seems insurmountable. And it's like this old adage, you don't eat an elephant by trying to eat it all in one go. You, you chop it into bite-sized chunks. And one of the things that I encourage people to do is, you know, number one, identify what you want to buy, where you want to buy. You know, are you looking to purchase a, a one-bedroom flat or a five-bedroom house? The price points there are very, very different. You want to know what your price points are. Then you want to try and work out what your deposit level is going to be. So again, if it's 10% of £500,000, for example, now you know that you need £50,000, right? The next thing you need to also figure out is, why? Right, how long is it going to take you? How long are you going to give yourself to save this £50,000 deposit? That might be two years, four years, five years, six years, you know, you're, it's down for you to decide. But the reason why that is so important is by putting a timeline to it, you're able to give yourself some financial structure, some financial goals that you hit in terms of getting to your deposit, utilizing things like your ISIS. Now, again, if you're in a couple and you're earning well enough and you're able to put £4,000 away every single year, well, actually, in one year, that's £10,000. So actually, that £50,000 deposit is achievable in five years if you're really, really diligent, really, really, you know, focused on that goal. If you're working with a smaller deposit, say 30,000 pounds, you get the picture. 
it becomes really, really attainable, really achievable within a set period of time. But you need to know what you're working with, what period of time, when, what you have to give yourself a time frame. It's like smart goals, right? You need something that is specific, that's measurable, that's achievable, that's realistic and timely. You have to apply this to the home buying journey as well. And a lifetime mindset is a great tool for you to use. So please don't forget that. Um, a lot of first time buyers will just, again, you know, get discouraged. Please don't be discouraged. These tools are there to help you. The the other thing that, that I would say about lifetime ISA is this, like, look, and I said this in my talk, obviously you have a, a stocks and shares lifetime ISA and you've got a cash ISA, lifetime ISA that is. Um, please keep your eye on the ball, okay? Don't be persuaded by social media and succumb to the pressure of wanting to invest the money for your house deposit if you're not okay with the risk that goes along with that. The reason why I'm saying that is this, I had a friend who worked with me in Canary Wharf who lost a bit of money on from his deposit earlier in 2021 actually, last year, because he put it in the market when he he knew better, but he was like, oh, I'm just gonna take a punt, right? Lost a bit of money. Now, luckily for him, he had money elsewhere to pull on. But if you are scrimping and scraping already, already, you know, pushing yourself to the limit to achieve this goal, you have to keep your eye on the ball. The, the goal here isn't for you to get massive returns on the stock market by taking risk. The goal here is buying a property. Most people need to realize that when you use a lifetime item for the purpose of buying a home as a first time buyer, the real return is the 25% you're going to get from the government. That's a thousand pounds, it's guaranteed. There aren't that many stock market investments right now that will give you a 25% return. So please bear that in mind. And I think it's really important to bring it into the context of what's happening right now. The UK is officially in a recession. There are a lot of global uh, pressures at the moment on the stock market. So putting money into the stock market and investing your deposit potentially means that if the, if the rest of the world or the global markets go into recession, you could potentially be stuck with your money being invested in a down market, waiting for it to recover for three, four, five, six years. We don't know. You have to be comfortable with that level of risk. So keep your eye on the ball. Don't worry about investing your deposit money, especially if your timeline, so the time between you starting and wanting to buy, buy a house is short. So one, two, three maybe even four years to be invested in the stock market, you need to be looking at least five years plus, at least. So please do bear that in mind. You know, lifetime ISAs are a great tool, but they're not one to be misused. Keep your eye on the ball. And there it is. That's all I wanted to share with you on this episode of the podcast. It is relatively short uh, compared to other episodes that I have, but I think it's really important just to deliver the information succinctly to you. The only other thing that I, I think is worthwhile just mentioning is if you go to the developers and you ask about this deposit boost scheme, um, they will have terms and conditions. So make sure that you read the terms and conditions that come along with this as well. I believe 
different developers may have different versions of the terms and conditions available. So make sure that you know what you're entering into. Um, many people will say, well, which one's better, Pete? Is it help to buy or is it the deposit boost scheme? There are pros and cons to each of these. You know, the help to buy scheme wasn't a free scheme. You know, you have to uh, repay that debt to the government and you can't do it on a monthly basis. You had to do it in two lump sums. And even when you were, you know, in a position where you wanted to either remortgage to repay it, you're paying the market value and 20% of the market value, not your purchase value. So there are, there are, there are drawbacks by using help to buy, but it has been a great tool for people getting on the property ladder. I have plenty of friends who have used help to buy to get on the property ladder. And, you know, on the opposite side to this, this has made the government billions as well. But ultimately, make sure you're reading the terms and conditions, make sure you know the pros and the cons. I hope you found this episode useful helpful if you do have any questions i would encourage you to send me uh, a message maybe a dm on instagram or uh, find me on youtube i will be doing a video specifically detailing these uh, this scheme and other schemes in more depth maybe with a couple of examples in the coming weeks um, but yes guys thank you so much remember money is a tool life is for living i will catch you next monday thank you for listening to today's podcast if you enjoyed the episode be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you new to investing check out peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need if you prefer one-on-one coaching book a complimentary discovery with the man himself all links in the show notes